Lambert. This Fuck. is Leafs Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Well, welcome to Season 2 of Leafs Late Night, where it is never too late for the Leafs. You like that? I thought of that one the other day. Uh, We are officially now presented by Inside the Rank. So thank you so much, Inside the Rank. We are now part of a massive network and family of writers and podcasts. So uh, lots of things to come. Um, Mm -hmm. And that what you just heard was from the long lost fanalist. Uh, Welcome back, Steph. I'm back. Appreciate it. Yes. Welcome back indeed. It was like the Leafs got knocked out and you kind of went into a sad hole for a bit and then they knocked me out just, too, okay? Just didn't return for an episode. <laughs> I know. No, thanks you guys for taking the reins cuz you know, I was prepared for that game 7. I had my notes ready and then things just went way downhill. I was an emotional wreck for clearly like a month and a half later. <laughs> <laughs> I just could not bring myself to it. Like, ah, uh, like, uh, I don't know if we want to talk about my emotion for the first part of this podcast, but it was, it was hard. I think what made it hard though, too, was that this year was like the first year I finally felt a part of Leafs Nation, being in this community, on Discord, on Twitter, being a part of this podcast. So, you know, analyzing every single game and, like, following this team so closely, it just, it it was like pulling candy from a baby because so much shit happened through the playoffs. And I can rant and rant and rant, but... <sighs> a lot has happened since you were last here. Nazem Kadri yeah. won the Stanley Cup. I mean, the Colorado yeah. Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, I think the best I can you mean describe future it Boston is... Bruin Nazem Kadri on the cup? oh my god, oh. Yeah. <laughs> man, talk about full circle, like that would just be absolutely insane. And if Krejci comes back too, like, uh... hey Bergeron, you yeah. want to stick around for one more year? We're gonna go after Nazem Kadri. Oh, you mean that guy that? Oh yeah, that guy. Cool, do it. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, what just hurt the most too, and it kind and of was on repeat. what hurts the most? <laughs> Sing it, girl. But um, a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, um, I felt a similar feeling. Well, I was scratching a lottery ticket, and oh, no. I almost shit my pants because I seriously was under full belief that I'd won the grand prize. It was one of those tickets where you just uncover three symbols and it was jungle themed and I uncovered three lines. I'm like, ooh, lions, my fave. And then I looked down, I'm like, 75 grand, what? And I'm like trying to, I don't know, go back and make sure all of my scratchings were right. And I'm literally showing my partner and she's like, oh my God, this is right. And we're jumping up and down. I'm screaming, I'm crying in my living room. And then, of course, it wasn't a winner because the three symbols had to be side by side with one another. And yeah, that was oh. just a huge defeat and reminded me of the Leafs loss because it was ripped right out of our hands just like that. So, yeah, it's been real rough, guys. <laughs> Thank That's you. That's some brutal fine print. How can they do that? Like putting the three in there knowing like <laughs> someone's going to scratch it. It literally just says it. match three symbols. 
win the prize. And it's kind of like Battleship. So I'm like going back C3, A7, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway, mm. that's my sad story. But hey, we're here. And it's we're season here. two. Ah! Season two, baby. Uh, yes. Also, Beaner is here and we are awaiting the arrival of Darty. Uh, Sadie is working, so uh, we're on opposite schedules right now. But, you know, the gang's almost all here. Um, so where do we start, guys? There's so much. I mean, let's just, okay. Let's start with the fact that, look, the draft was today. It's still ongoing. What pick are we on, Beaner? Or is yeah, it done what are now? we at, Beaner? You're you're uh, playing with your webcam there, and I saw the TV, but I don't know what's going on. I accidentally just knocked my computer off of how I had it set up. Oh, um, nice. Oh, oh, I thought. But you were yeah, we're all us. good. <laughs> Tampa just selected Isaac Howard, thirty-first overall. Okay, okay, so one more pick. Interesting. Um, mm. So to start it off. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say I called it because I just kind of asked the question, like, could Montreal take Slavkovsky first? And we talked about it on the show. Like, you know, there was discussion that it was a possibility. So it's not like it was totally out of left field. Um, so Montreal ends up picking Uri Slavkovsky of Slovakia first overall. And the reaction from Montreal fans was, um, hmm reminiscent of the McEichel draft burning jerseys they might as well yeah all those new right jerseys and, sh and shirts that they got made up <laughs> yeah but but then like later on the next handful of picks as they were going on Slavkovsky was going around doing various interviews and stuff like that and the crowd was just going wild every time he went by so I, I think they came around pretty quick. They were just excited to have something to cheer for after the horrible season they had last year. Yeah, I mean, when two guys are tied for going first overall, it's it's tough to be sad with getting the other one, especially when there's such a small sample size for a lot of these kids. Like, they're all going to be good in one way or another, uh, hopefully. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, Steph, go ahead. The thing that really sent me about this number one overall pick was the shot on his mom when he, she was jumping up and down oh, yeah. and so excited. And you can just tell on her face that she wasn't expecting to hear her son's name come out so quickly and especially being first overall. And you compare everyone else's, you know, top prospects, the, the order, whatever, and he's in the top five, but... The next thing that sent me was seeing, you know, right going forth. Oh, my God. Craziness. Yeah. So second up, we had New Jersey. And I mean, again, we talked about this. New Jersey's got a lot of young star centers. So they're not. It, this was my worry was if Slavkovsky goes first, like, I don't see how New Jersey takes right. Like, they would probably move the pick or, you know, in this case, they end up picking somebody else and Simon Nemec making number one and number two, both from Slovakia, which is super cool. Good for Slovakia, yeah. where it was, I think yep. they said 1.30 in the morning when this happened, and uh, parties going on. Love it. And previous previous to this, it was uh, Marion Gabrick, third overall back in, oh, top of my head, what would that have been, 0203, somewhere in there? Damn, that is a while ago. Yeah, uh, this is the 
highest draft pick from Slovakia in history for number one overall. And, you know, it, the first five picks were just like, I don't even know what, what's going to happen next because everything I predicted, except for Beaner's first couple picks, uh, completely out the window. So, yeah. Yeah, everything was just thrown out the window. Eh? Like, I mean, there were so many different... Um predictions for how the top five and top 10 were going to go and it all just pff, tear it up <laughs> like the domino effect like once one team and then two teams pass on right i was like is he gonna go like 12th and you could <laughs> see it in his face him. too well i mean i don't think he was ever gonna go 25 down but no, like but... there was honestly the the thought in my head like he could he could be like out of the top 10 because it's almost like a domino thing like oh well we it, we had the people that we were looking at. We weren't expecting to get them, so we didn't do any research on it. We didn't have a plan of getting this person, so let's just stick to what we did have a plan for. Uh, the mm-hmm. only ones that, you know, I guess jumped on it. Well, I don't say the only ones, but fourth. Seattle Kraken finally at fourth place took it. They They basically won the lottery with that. Like, even though I put some money down on Slavkowski going first overall. Like there's no denying that Wright is going to be a great NHLer, And he very well could be the best player coming out of this draft 10 years down the road. Some people think it'll be Nemec. Some people think it'll be Cooley. Not too many actually think it'll be Slavkowski. Um, There was a lot of people today comparing him to the Kako situation. Interesting. How Kako's kind of fallen out of favor. But it's I can see what the Habs did because recency bias. Look at the World Championships. Look at the Olympics. His size, everything. Like he would be a perfect complement on the wing to Caulfield and Suzuki. So I think he comes into training camp and probably steps right in the lineup. But then with Wright, like the guy's so cerebral. He sees the game so much, and at some points, people have even accused him of maybe not not moving fast enough. But if you read the game well enough, you don't really necessarily sometimes have to move as fast as everybody else, if that makes sense. Of course. That's kind of like how, I mean, I don't know if this is a super fair comparison, but like Dreisaitl, at least in the playoffs while he was broken, uh, <laughs> proved you can be effective without moving too much. <laughs> Yeah, or even on the Leafs in a different completely scenario, the first thing that come to mind is Mark Giordano and how he can just settle the puck. He has so much pressure around him, but you're not worried whatsoever. This guy is just calm, cool, ready, and he's just looking to make that next pass. So... Or even JT, who's, you know, pretty slow out there, but always makes smart plays and reads the game well. So... Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I'm wondering if Shane Wright's little attitude had anything to do with not getting picked in the first three. And this is just purely speculation and going off that Twitter post that he posted in 2019. But, hey, that death stare he gave to the audience or the Habs table or whoever after he accepted the handshake from Gary Bettman. I'm going to have nightmares tonight, okay? I'm just, I feel like this guy's going to come out with a knife and go, eh. Like, holy fuck, like, this guy is scary. <laughs> but... First first crack in Habs game this year. I'm putting money down on right scoring. I'm putting oh, yeah. money down on him getting booed the second he touches the puck. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, Johnny, your, your hope for the Leafs pick just got taken. 
It was that um, oh. Schaefer. Reed Schaefer. Yeah. Oh, who's he? Uh, who's he going to? Edmonton just took him thirty second overall. Okay. Interesting. I didn't realize Edmonton had the thirty second pick. Huh. Yeah. But just back to right for one sec. You know, being projected at number one for almost two years, and then dropping down out of the top three you know he's he's livid on the inside there's a part of him oh, that's yeah. just burning and he he even said like i'll remember these teams when i face them but wow like i don't know i just super shocked tonight yeah yeah i think there's been a lot of hype around a lot of these names just because nobody really like i said there wasn't a ton of sample size on any of them and you know there were 20 games over or so over two years some of these kids played and then all of a sudden they play a full season and you're like oh some of them are really good so i think it's going to be fun to see how a lot of these guys pan out uh but just to rewind to pick number three so uh logan cooley still goes to the arizona coyotes but uh there was a trade uh i have two trades to announce said mr (laughs) gary bettman um and i this must have been fun for the montreal crowd that was there because i mean they're just hyped up over the habs picking first overall and then uh this whole weird thing happens where (laughs) um colorado avalanche acquire goaltender uh sorry that's not i'm looking at the gorgiev one oh my god uh, Islanders acquire defenseman <laughs> Alexander Romanov and a fourth round pick. And you could see they had the camera on this group of Habs fans and they were all like super confused. Like, wait, wait, why? Who are we picking? <laughs> because they got the 13th pick in exchange. And everyone's like, okay, uh, do we have a, a plan here? The second trade that Mr. Bettman announced was that the Canadians are flipping the 13th pick to Chicago for Kirby Doc. Uh, yeah. 13th pick overall and a third round pick for Kirby Doc. Uh, I like that deal. I was just shocked that they even moved Doc uh, with all these big names coming out of Chicago and you're looking at the lineup now. It's like the Rockford Ice Dogs all over again. Like They're There's not much in between. <laughs> complete rebuild in Chicago. Because I think yeah. what happened was they were trying to do a retool around Taves and Kane and they just said, look, this isn't working. If you're going to rebuild it, like just just blow it up and get us out of here so. yeah but like how how does that make someone like seth jones feel yeah yeah <laughs> just sign that massive contract like i bet you any money kane was already on the phone to chicago ownership saying i want out oh 100 like, percent. uh tain and caves are on their way out um probably either by the, I, i'm gonna say by the deadline they're gone from chicago but yeah jones like what does he do is he like what they're going to build this new team around? I guess. He was on the impression like, that he was adding to this rebuild with the superstars with Branley new acquired Mark Andre Fleury at the time. And then trade deadline come trade deadline comes and he's gone. Now DeBrinket's gone, Doc's gone. Doc was supposed to be their their young and upcoming center that was they were supposed to play around this young kid you know especially with Jonathan Taves out with his injury and he came back a big bust in my opinion so I don't know it's gonna be like an Arizona Coyote situation where literally as we said all season long it's like the whole team is gonna be draft picks yeah um but speaking of that you brought up the other trades that happened earlier in the day 
so the Sens acquired Alex Debrinkat from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for the seventh overall pick and a second rounder next year, and then a third rounder, um, or no, a second rounder this year as well, and a third rounder in 24. So uh, first, second, and third. That's a. I, I now that I've, I've had some time to sit on this. At first, I was like, "What the hell are the Sens doing?" Um, but no, I get it. They're they're not in the let's get young guys mode anymore. They've gotten their team together and they want to start competing. So I I like this deal for them. And like we said, Chicago's blowing this up. So uh, seventh pick overall, great, go for it. Have fun. That yeah, that was and. Not that, like, not to discredit any of the kids that are in this draft, but I think this draft is looked at compared to maybe the last couple of years and next year for sure as maybe being a little bit weaker. Not that these players won't make it, but they might not be as many, like, high, high impact players, like superstars. So mm-hmm. trading a first round pick in this draft is probably a little less risky than trading it next year or last year or anything like that. So as much as I hate to say it, I think that was a big win for Ottawa. Big time. Yeah, I'm really surprised. Like, I don't know what it was that was holding Ottawa back, but I mean, they bought out Colin White, uh, who had three years left on his deal. Um, three or four. It was Sneaky recovery project for Kyle Dubas there, by the way, with Colin White, as he is friends with Matthews. Yeah, let's circle back to that. So the Sens um, are starting to pick up some heat here. They still are kind of in the question mark um, category as far as like goaltending and defense go. I think they're still a little weak there. They're still relying on the likes of uh, um, Zaitsev and company. So... I mean, Zub's been good. I just think they're really top-heavy right now. They're fast. They're young. I think they're going to be a high-octane team and at least fun to watch. And as somebody who's in Ottawa, I think it'll be um, filling the seats a little more than the last couple years have. I don't know. What do you guys think of this new push that Ottawa's making? Well, we've we've talked about it before, right? Like, as much as I despise the Senators, you can't have the Battle of Ontario without them. Yeah. So, yeah. and I, I can't go to a game for less than a hundred dollars without them either. <laughs> well, you won't be you won't be able to once the Libretton Flats are there. Yeah, yeah. And thank you, Matt Murray, actually, for rejecting the trade to Buffalo, which would have sent that seventh pick with him, or else this trade would not be happening in the first place. Um, Chicago wanted a top ten pick to go away with, or to sorry, obtain for Debrinket. So without him not having Buffalo on his no trade list, this wouldn't have never happened. Also the trades they did during the draft, but Hey, it was such a loss for Chicago that the city of Chicago's Instagram account literally posted L as a comment (laughs) on the, on the post about the trade. That's amazing. Yeah. Like (laughs) if, if everything that you heard was true, what was Ottawa thinking? Like Ottawa could have been the laughing stock of the draft if that Buffalo trade went through. They were going to retain salary yeah. and give up the seventh overall pick just to get rid of Murray. Yeah, six, 
six point two. I, I get that they're Ooh. they're trying to clear space, right? Like they gave Murray way too much money. Um, buying out Colin White saves them uh, four point seven five over the next two seasons, and an additional five point three seven five for the twenty four twenty five season. Uh, then it's only eight hundred seventy five grand for three years. So the rumor is that they're going after Claude Giroux, who is local to the area, not specifically Ottawa, but I think it's Heath, Ontario, or something. Someone said Hearst. I'm like, that's not local Hearst? at all. <laughs> yeah, Hearst. I've been to Hearst. That's, <laughs> as, that's as far from local as possible. Where is Ontario? Hearst, Ontario? Because I've well, heard everybody says like, "Oh yeah, he's from like near Ottawa." I'm like, is he? Hearst <laughs> is. Um, it's near no, oh my god yeah it's, it's like in the middle of nowhere north ontario okay, horn it's pain like is probably closer and if you know where horn pain is i will send you a dollar so maybe he grew up in ottawa <laughs> i don't know much about a nice Clondrew. fresh loony so with this forward group that they've now uh amassed plus uh a, potentially a claude Giroux, i mean if they can move matt murray and get a decent goalie like ottawa is going to be a competitive team again Maybe. Again, we've been saying this every year. <laughs> I know. Every... And they have and they spurts start really of it. Well. Yeah, yeah, like they started so well, and I was like, guys, they're going to do it. And then, like, they had so many injuries. Batherson was hurt most of the year. Um, I know Norris was hurt. Stutz, like, they, all of those guys got hurt for extended periods of time. They had a really unlucky season. And Matt guess... Murray just fell off the face of the earth, so... I guess this keeps Brady interested in the team, right? Because, like, I keep hearing the Kachuk brothers want a little reunion, right? So... The, the more we focus on this, the more that uh, you keep uh, Brady in Ottawa and not uh, keeping his eyes somewhere else, right? Well, Brady just resigned and he's captain, so I don't think he's going anywhere. I think you have a better chance of Matthew coming and joining him. Yeah. And I'm just, I don't know, besides the Sens, about the Chicago Blackhawks for a second, how the hell do you pay more for Hagel than you get in return for Debrinkit? I know this has been going around Twitter today, but come on, you gave up two first rounders, Radish and Chuck for Hagel? Like, what? I don't know. It does like doesn't make sense to me for the I return. Think it's, like it's the the context of like the trade deadline and and it's how much you have to overpay for being, you know, Tampa Bay. Um and the situation that Chicago was in where like they know they have the power as the seller. I don't know. It's different at the draft where it comes down to, you know, the season's out the window. It's what number are you picking? But Debrink, it's 24. He's a 40-goal scorer. He he needs to get paid next year. He's on a 6.4 uh, mil contract right now. But literally, he leads the team in everything besides Kane. Like, he's the sneakiest draft pick ever because he'll pile up the points for you. Uh, <laughs> like, I just know this based on fantasy. But, damn, like, I don't know. I'm just not over it still. I feel like to the layman, Debrinkit is massively underrated. Like yes. to anybody, to anybody who's, who's uh, you know a fantasy you know player, he's not. You know, I I had him. I'm like, who the fuck is Debrinkit? And I'm talking like 2019, right? I I, I auto drafted and I got some pretty nice guys. And I'm like, who the, like who's this uh, this uh, this Debrink cat I got on my team? <laughs> the big and, cat. And he wasn't that great that year, but he was still better than a couple other guys I had. So you know. Uh. I just have a question. When it comes to the Ottawa Senators and money, what's your normal uh, impression of them? Broke? Yeah. Broke-ass bitches. Yeah, they don't like to throw it around. Um, They're LeBreton flat. The way that Alex DeBrinkett's contract is built, 
he is owed his cap hit is 6.4 he's owed nine million dollars in base salary this season that is not a move that i would expect the ottawa senators to do i would see them going for somebody that they're paying less than but he's got no bonuses everything's been paid out and he makes nine million that's Again, that's just not something that I would expect the Sens to do. It's just like another organization in Ottawa. They're really enjoying throwing the money around. So uh, we'll see. Did (laughs) Ottawa make another trade? Because I do not. Oh, never mind. He's on injury reserve. I was going to say, Matt Murray's not on my list. What did I miss? (laughs) (laughs) But he's on IR. There's only good old Forsberg active right now. (laughs) All right. So, Beaner, let's loop back to Colin White. Is this someone that actually interests you as a potential uh, depth piece for the Leafs? Like a middle six, maybe? I I would say so. He's a right-hand shooting defenseman. He's only 25 years old. Um, there's been a, a couple times before. Or, or, sorry, he's a center. Yeah. I was uh, okay. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Thank you. I, was, uh, I, I wasn't I'm, crazy. I'm trying to read things as I'm talking here. No there's a lot going um, on today. It's It's draft, you know. There, yeah. there is. Uh, Matthews has even said before in a Leaf Sens game that you know because he grew up playing with and against him in the national development program and stuff like that that you know he can be a little bit of a prick to play against, right? And <laughs> as good. a as a rec, as a reclamation project, like the guy's going to be getting just under nine hundred thousand dollars a year from the senders for the next six years. So. Mm. Do you sign him for two years at a million, million and a half a year to see if, yes. like, as a prove your, you know, prove yourself? He's getting money regardless, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he gets, he's got a performance. Oh no, that's, that's an old contract. Where's his current one? Here, his his current bio. He has fifteen point seven million remaining in base salary, and it's since he's under, what was it, under twenty six, under twenty seven. Yeah. It's a one third buyout. So the total cost of it's five point two million. So he's getting eight seventy five a year for the next six years. Wow. So twenty four twenty five. His cap hit is negative six hundred twenty five thousand dollars. How does that work out? Just the because the way it's with it being a one third one, it, it's kind of similar to how Suter and Parise are a higher cap or a higher hit. What was it this year and next year than they were last year? It's just, yeah, this it's, one's just it's weird. weird. It's in the middle. It's like two years at seven, eight seventy-five, then one year where it's a negative, and then three. Anyway, just dividing so by zero over here. Yeah, he's <laughs> uh, so he's twenty-five years old, and like you said, the the contract is nice because Ottawa owes him money. A uh, former first round twenty-first overall pick in twenty fifteen by the Sens. So, yep. like, is this is this like Galchenyuk and Ennis takes three? Um, because I mean, look, those guys as as much as it was, yeah, we we turned them around. They weren't integral pieces. They didn't bring really that much. So, I, I mean, look, we brought I in would Blackwell. Almost, <sighs> it, well, who knows what he could be, right? Like he went off when he was playing with Mark Stone, and that's how he got the contract that he got. And he like he's a a good solid centerman who can win draws he can do pretty much everything so if you had to even plug him in on your fourth line right 
Matthews, yeah. Tavares, Kampf, and then White. That sounds good to me. Yeah, honestly, I don't hate that as a, a fourth-line center, especially now that Spets is gone. Um, it, yeah, you know what? If that's the, the, the case, he's uh, the fourth center, sure. I'll take him. What I don't like is that he's only played 24 games this season. Why was that? Did he get scratched a bunch? Did he get, like, what went down there? And... I guess his highest playing season was 2018, 2019, but he's kind of like meh. Like, I don't know. I don't want to gamble on meh players because we've been through that shit time and time again. We have players waiting and ready to come up. Like next year, I'm sure guys such as Steve's, for example, is going to make a more of a major impression on this team. Or even if we're looking at centermen, um, Let's see. Curtis Douglas hasn't even had a shot with the big leads yet. Like this is a six, six foot eight guy. Like I would love to just see him play with the big guys. But what are you thinking, Johnny? Um, I'm just reading. So, of course, we don't really follow Sens news that much. They were pretty irrelevant this year. Colin White had a uh, suffered a shoulder injury in preseason and missed okay. five months. Ah, uh, okay, makes so he. Yeah, this is yeah, like yeah, Dev. Sorry, he he had to have surgery back in October, so okay, that yeah, like that's what I mean by and, the Sens were just littered with with injuries all year, so it's kind of hard to look at any of them for their performance. But wouldn't it and be then nice if you look at to... sorry, Steph, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say welcome back be... to four people, everybody. Hello, <laughs> it's me, Steph, who interrupts everyone. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um. I don't know. We were talking so much during the regular season about like Ronnie Hervenin. That's a center. Like, why don't we give that kid a chance and see, like, let these guys compete in training camp because that's what you want to see, right? And yeah, I don't know. Like, Abramov, I know he's not like, there's just a lot of guys' names up in the air. And like, I know you want dudes dudes boys bros whatever the fuck you want to call them we have Ricks. many of them pricks that works too <laughs> so i don't know i say give the farm a chance screw these random meh players like fuck colin white like come on guys <laughs> this team is better than colin white and chris Steph comes back so what are you guys talking her? about <laughs> Do, I don't who, have to yell to myself while listening to the pod alone. I'm like, what are you saying? No. <laughs> I just want to let the fans know I tried so hard to get Chris Tierney to come on the show, okay? All right? And he completely True. ignored me. Not that he has any reason not to ignore me, but, we, you know, you said the senators are irrelevant. Well, clearly they are, right? On this show, they don't give a shit, so we don't give a shit about them, all right? <laughs> and you can owe that all to Chris Tierney, all right? Thanks, asshole. Respond to my email. Uh, I hope he responds yeah. to it. You know that darty so, prick. Called me a prick on that TV show. <laughs> so Her- Herbenen, I think, I think is going to stay uh, in Finland. Thing. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think Herbenen and Yamal right. are going to stay in Finland. And with like with Colin White, it's it's low risk, right? You you gotta that that's the the world of the salary cap now. When you have so many players eating up so much of your salary. You have to take chances on players like this. And okay, he didn't play for the Sioux Greyhounds, but he knows and he's friends with <laughs> the prerequisite. So, Ew. right? It's like the Skull so and Bones if, uh, club for the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Kings. Yeah, like if <laughs> if you could get him as your fourth line center, 
for cheap because he's already getting paid by another club, you'd be stupid not to try. How about your boy, like, really? Ty Voigt, Beaner? How about these other young guys we've been, you know, pressing well, all season long? Like, I don't Vo- know. Voigt's I'm not a left down wing. with that. Voigt's oh, a left wing. A but center um, on the thing that I'm... Oh, maybe I'm reading the wrong so, one. So, <laughs> like, like Nyes won't be do. coming. Nyes yeah. won't be coming. Um, the... the so the monster for the Marlies, Douglas, I've been joking all season that I want him to come up just for the sheer sake of his size. But at the same time, he's still relatively raw. So you get someone like White who's played a bunch of games in the league already. He knows how the league works. He knows what to expect. I think it would be a win-win. What about Colin Blackwell? We're talking about the wrong Colin here. Like, yeah, come on. Blackwell would be um, amazing on this roster next season. I, were you that impressed? What does he him? want, though? I mean, I saw flashes of it, but... If you're willing to gamble I, I on a random fourth-line center, then why not take Colin Blackwell back? Like, he was just a burst of energy on the ice. Like, I don't know. I really <laughs> like Colin Blackwell's game. <laughs> not great. Because not Blackwell's... <laughs> Blackwell's 29 and he's probably going to be trying to make some money, right? So he's probably going to try and look for two or three a year. So yeah, I would rather pay. Co- yeah, I'd rather pay Colin White a million or a million and a half than Blackwell two or three. How about Abruzzese? Abruzzese. You're just reading through the Marley's roster. She, I, I no, think she this is. is <laughs> <laughs> Anyone with a seed. What is he? Just Steve Carell in that Anchorman scene? Just like <laughs> I love Lamp. Yes. Okay. I don't know. Uh, so All I know is that. Sorry, Johnny. One finish. last point. All I know is that. Um, you know, before tonight, eight players on this roster made $62 million. Good thing we got rid of Morazic because that's 3.8. But guys, we got to sign Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell okay. is elite. And so because because Steph just wants to keep jumping on topics instead of letting me move on. Oh, Segment sorry, sorry. wise, like we're trying to do would be a structured show. Season two, episode one. It's been a while. Sorry, guys. Okay, so the 25th pick that we were all sitting around waiting for, um, it was like quarter after 10. Oh my God, this was so long. I said at 10 o'clock, they're going to trade it. I said at 10 o'clock, and by the way, I was in a sauna, so I didn't have any any outside (laughs) interference. There was no one telling this to me. I was literally sitting, boiling like a fucking egg. And I was like, you know what? That son of a gun is going to trade our pick. I just. <laughs> I knew he was going to trade it down, but I didn't expect him to loop Morazic into it. So the Chicago Blackhawks take on Peter Morazic as long with the as long along with the 25th pick in the draft in exchange for the 38th pick in the draft. So, so correction, it was Mazeric. They got Mazeric. I don't know what you're talking about. I heard Mazeric. All right. Peter Mazeric, as Gary Bettman said, the which wickedly talented. How, how long has Mrazek been in this league as an irrelevant goalie that Bettman can look at his name and read it like it's somebody who was picked in the seventh round that day? Only 10 Batman. years. 
Oh my god. Relevant for eight. <laughs> Peter Mazarek. Like, Peter Mazarek. And he said it twice. That's the worst part. No one came up to him as they go, yo, Mrazic. Peter Mazarek. Peter Peter Mazarek. I get the Petter, or you know, you confuse the Peter because of the missing second E Peter. in Western culture, but <laughs> Mazarek. Come on, guys. The R is before the Z. Uh, so, what do we think of this? I mean, Dubas has made a name for himself for fixing his problems quite cleanly. Uh, we saw with uh, the flipping of Richie for Labushkin, moving... Uh, I mean, there's other ones, but look, I don't hate this that much. You move 13 picks down. There were a couple people I was obviously excited to potentially get 25th overall, but <laughs> move on... <laughs> Yes, uh, but we move on from the Mrazic contract, which still had two more years, 3.8 a year cap hit. So that was uh, that was daunting, especially with his infamous groin that every time it touches the ice, it shatters. <laughs> Roscoe's just got his groin on the mind, you know, and uh, I feel like that's a yay moment. I feel like that deserves a yay from the children. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's been it's been a while. Where's my hooray? Hooray. What, what do you Yay. think? Does he draft Del Bell Blues now? Uh, so, yeah, I guess Del Bell Blues didn't go in the first round. So, yeah, maybe by that <laughs> point, he saw that uh, 32 made sense or 38 made sense to potentially still get who they wanted because they hadn't gone yet in the first round. So <laughs> his name is actually Del Bell Blues. <laughs> Luca Del Bell Blues. His last musical. name is three words. It's I like know. that uh, Tutti Fruity, like, Wap Ba Baloo Ba Del Bell Blues. Tutti Fruity. Oh, we'll do bad. Del Bell Blues is, in fact, not a Chumbawamba song. I get knocked out. So, okay. We now have our goalies. Are uh, Eric Shalgren and Jack Joseph Campbell. Wall. Okay, technically Jack Campbell is still a Leaf. Um, still elite. That's right. Kay. So here's the thing: everyone's talking about all these different goalies, and this conversation keeps coming back to why don't we just re-sign Jack? I think collectively, a lot of us have just accepted that he's not re-signing with the Leafs. And he and I think the Leafs accepted that early on and have allowed him to talk to other teams and haven't even gotten anywhere in a conversation with him. All reports I've heard is there's been no discussion between both sides. He's been talking to the Oilers and he's been talking to the Devils. So I have just kind of I don't want to get my hopes up. I've just moved on mentally from Jack Campbell. If they re-sign him, fantastic. If not, look, my mind is set on Kemper or Huso at this point. We saw uh, Minnesota lockdown flower for another year which was really weird and um gorgiev getting traded for two more sorry uh and then gorgiev getting traded to um uh the avalanche so that, that obviously was a little demoralizing I feel, like, I feel like dubis could have done that i don't know maybe maybe the like the rangers just like wouldn't have done it because it's within like it's too close to home but i don't know man like it just seemed like something like mr galaxy brain dubis kind of shit the bet on there i don't know Tell me yeah more. i'm I mean, from what I've heard, there's uh, certain GMs are closer with others, right? They don't talk to all of them. So maybe he just, like, I haven't seen the Leafs make a deal with the Rangers at all in, since Dubas has taken over. So I just, I don't know if there's even a relationship there that they can start from. Mm-hmm. 
Well, there could I'm be a, a lot of things too, right? Like for all we know, Georgiev could have went and said, hey, you know, I won't resign with this team or I won't resign with this team because he's, he's technically not under contract right now. Mm. He's an RFA, right. but you can qualify him at, I don't even remember what the qualifying would be, like 2.9 or something. So you'd be guaranteed to having him for 2.9 for this coming year, and then he's a UFA next year. So it might even been the case of, well, yeah, you can trade me to Toronto, but I won't resign there. Mm-hmm. So then Toronto might not have been able or willing to give up as much to get him, right? Who, who knows? It's all speculation at this point. But And the position the Leafs are in right now is they have no space and they have contracts they want to move. That's hard to make a trade. So I th- like directly for the thing that you need. I think the position Dubas is in is offload things like Mrazek and another one that we'll get to, um, to free up space to just offer the money as a, as a free agent signing to one of these goalies. I think that's kind of the move he's going to make instead of, look, if he asks for a goalie in a trade, the price to the Leafs, while they have literally no goalie under contract except for Eric Schalgren, is going to be through the roof. No one's going to just help the Leafs out and trade them a goalie. Does that other thing also happen to start with the letter M? <laughs> so there were reports <laughs> that uh, Jake Muzzin would go back to L.A. And that's the only place he'd go back to. So uh, let's buy him a plane ticket and send him back to L.A. and open up that cap space. I love you, Jake, but it's... Uh, getting to the sunset years of your contract and you make a lot of money and we have literally no goaltender. Yeah. What do you think? To be fair, to be fair, we do have, we do have Keith Petrozelli. We do have Dryden McKay, Shalgren. We have Vyacheslav Peksa. We have Artok Tiamov. So there's a ton of prospects. And you never know when one of them could step up. So we do have goalies in the system. But do you want to be one injury away from your starter from Eric Schalgren and two injuries away? Oh, that can never happen. Why do you think we know who Eric Schalgren is? Uh, <laughs> two hey, injuries I'd, I'd away from having... Two injuries all right, away let's from go Michael to... Hutchinson. Well, that's where we're at, though, is like if we're talking about bringing one goalie in and the backup is Shalgren, we are literally a pulled groin and a, a you know concussion from somebody, a defenseman or somebody running him through away from having. Is it going to be Scott Wall, Aktiamov, like all these guys you just named that I, I've literally never heard of? Um, like, do we want to be that close to having these guys? Like, are we not going for a cup here? Can we not spend some money and get a decent starter? and spend a little less money and get a decent backup and have and Shalgren like, as the third. How different are we from the blues then? Right? Like, and see, let's see how far they got. Like what we're, we're, we're not here to win around. All right. At, at the end of the day, as much as people are like, Oh, it'd be so great to win around. We're here to win it all. All right. Like we're, we're betting it all on red. That's it. Look, like I'm Dar- Igor didn't Dar- win the cup. Vasilevsky didn't win the cup. Uh, what's his name uh varlamov um mike smith uh, like <laughs> na- darcy sorokin that's thank you sorokin. darcy sorokin my favorite goaltender darcy sorokin <laughs> um but look darcy kemper and pavel franzus are not an elite goaltending tandem it's the fact that the team in front of them is good enough that that's the that's the best goaltending they need to get all the way there and i think that's all like i don't think the leafs because they don't have a kale mccarr are in the position to have that 
not that it's a mediocre tandem, but like I think they need to spend some money on goaltending here. But uh, a little bit, but there's not like there's no one out there. Like I don't know if I would spend much more on Kemper than I'd be willing to spend on Campbell. The devil you know, Kemper right? Will like be double almost. I, Kemper think? will be almost double. And if it's not, it's because it's a short deal or whatever it is. But honestly, if you're gonna pay Kemper, you might as well pay Jack Campbell, who has rapport with the team, created the soup chance in Toronto. This has stuck in the league. Who wants to see Jack Campbell wear a different symbol on his chest and yell soup? Kyle Dubas. No, no, he does not. No. Look, they tried to make a move. They tried to make a move for Marc-Andre Fleury at the trade deadline. That is public knowledge. They tried to move on months ago, knowing that Campbell wasn't going to resign because they knew they weren't going to be able to afford it. These discussions did not start then, and they have not started now. They are not negotiating with him and his agent, as far as we know. Like this, the only way that I see it happening is Kemper goes to the Oilers and Huso goes to New Jersey and Campbell sits there going, shit, I'm late to the party. I waited too long. And Duba sits there going, well, 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 how about four? That's the only way I see it happening. Explain to me why Dubas uh-huh. decided to become a prick to the one nice guy on the team and not like Marner <laughs> and Matthews. All right. He's I th- being a stickler for jack campbell who is literally a saint and yet he bent over backwards like oh poppy <laughs> matthews oh Marner, please take all of my sweet sweet canadian well, dollars like god damn it like come on F- like figure this out with jack you toad yeah. like this is like it's, i'm sorry to say like i like i like kyle dubas but this is absolutely stupid all right why are you why are you playing so hard to get with jack but you let you know poppy and Marner walk all over you jack's a good guy come on is he six million dollars but he's replaceable years that's exactly. Exactly. Matthews he, and Marner not, are not, not replaceable. He's not six million for four years. But like I said in our, our group chat, offer him 3.75 for eight. We have the ability to offer him eight because we currently own his rights. He's 30. So yes, that's paying him until he's 38. But that's taking advantage of what the Leafs are able to do, on. right? No, and exactly. Especially because by that time... By that time, the cap will be higher. He's only earned five point seven million in his career. So, if you give him a contract that's thirty million dollars to be a life, like to finish his career as a Leaf, I think it'd be silly not to take it because who else is going to offer him thirty? Artendi's really replaceable, though. Last time we thought Artendi was replaceable, we ended up with Andrew Raycroft instead of Tuka Rask. All right, like again, you don't know that Tuka Rask is is going to be good, but we do know that Jack Campbell is a fucking saint in this city. All right, and we don't have any of those. I'm sorry to say, Raycroft like, <laughs> tied the franchise record for wins in a season his first year as a Leaf. And same with I Campbell. I don't like. <laughs> With the, all the idea, records. even even at eight years, handing Campbell thirty million dollars, um, that might just be my bias because of the current state of the cap. But like, with the amount of issues that they're always trying to dance around, and the amount of players they're always trying to offload, like anything eight years is scary. Um, unless it's unless it's Matthews or Marner, eight years is scary. Um, and I just, I think the value on that, like goalies are so unpredictable, like we're getting into a world where goalie contracts are in the, the two to four million or two to four year range. And that's about as long as we trust them. 
and like but it's so back and forth like where what happens if in two years campbell goes back and i know we we've kind of framed why we think he fell off this year many times over the last season but look if that happens again where he falls off and has a sub 900 save percentage for an entire season like look then we're looking at what six more years of this I just I know there's a way that's fine because by that point the cap's going to be up by eight or ten million and this isn't really going to matter plus he's under 35 so no matter how you structure it right now you can buy it out or he could retire and it's not going to bite you in the ass down the road it's when you're signing players that are 35 and above to these massive contracts that's when you start getting yourself in shit like I don't like the idea of giving him eight years, but that might be the best way to keep him because we can offer him more money by giving him eight years than any other team probably will. Because I don't see a team going and offer him, what, six times five or anything like that? I mean, they might, though. Because if, if other teams do, have more do, money have to... Him to throw around that's and see that's the point that's where i've gotten to in my head is other teams have more money to throw at the goaltending position and want to invest in jack campbell and they want to spend big money on him and he's looking for big money because like we've said he hasn't made it in his career so i just think everyone's going to outprice kyle dubas i would like to think that jack campbell wants a nice home in toronto and to stay a leaf for the rest of his career and just continue building on what he has built in the last year and a bit because this it's like jack is a part of the core in a sense like jack is a fan favorite at this point and i know he had his little rough pot patch in the regular season but he still was an all-star in his first regular season like Come on, the Leafs have paid 3.3 of that 5.7 already. Like, why are we gambling on random fucking goaltenders and picking up <laughs> ran- like we need someone solid and I think, you know, Jack stood on his head multiple times this year. Like how many times have we applauded Jack on every single episode of this fucking podcast? Like seriously. About, mm, 60% of them. No, I feel like it was way more than that. Way, way Steph, more. He had a sub 900 save percentage for the second half of the season. He also had two crack ribs. <laughs> right? well, also, and Steph, you made a good that. point. You made a good point, though. You're like, you're like, he wants a nice home in Toronto. Well, that explains everything. No wonder he wants so much money. He, wants he can't race. afford to that's buy a fucking house here. That's, that's what, what I was smiling about, too, is that comment. I was like, well, with his new contract, he might actually be able to afford a house in Toronto. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that did come up in the back of my mind, too. But hey, I don't know. I'm. I'm not going to budge until I see the notification that Jack Campbell has been acquired by a different team. Um, that's just me. But obviously, I'm open to every other interpretation and all these trades. We're going to see a shit ton of random things, especially after trade or not trade deadline. But when the 13th goes by, especially now, John Klingbird's hitting the market, for example. So, yeah. Yo, ho, ho. Also, a lot of rumbling around uh, Chikrin again. Yeah, a lot of teams interested in uh, in him, and it makes sense. Arizona seems to be kind of retooling this entire thing they've got going on down there. I don't know what the hell Arizona's ever doing. Um, real quick, um, were any of you guys actually watching the draft on TV or the yeah. stream of it at least? What was with these ugly blue 
suits with the red ties that Bill Armstrong insisted that the entire Arizona Coyotes front office wear. They, they, <laughs> Fridge even asked him about it. He goes, so what's with the blue jackets? And Fridge, being a fashion guy, was like, the fuck are you wearing in the back of his mind? <laughs> And he goes, oh, I wanted everybody to be coordinated and wearing the same thing as me. And like, you are so weird. We're starting a new tradition and we're going to do it for every year to come. No, you're not because it sucked. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bill Armstrong's a strange guy. His He looks like when... <laughs> with his hair and everything, the way it's coiffed, he looks like an old, like an actor who's in like their 70s now that was famous like way back in the day. Speaking of Arizona, when after they picked Logan Cooley, he his explanation for that was because he had two things that they needed. One, he's a center. Two, he's exciting. I'm like, wow, I'm glad that's a prerequisite to join the fucking NHL. You yeah. are exciting. Yes. Check. <laughs> that was almost as bad as um, they had a panel of four of them up there. And um just I forgot who was on it, but they they threw it over to Pierre Maguire. They're like, oh, so someone had like some huge long point. They asked him like, so what do you what do you think the rest of this is going to look like? Oh, it's going to be crazy, absolute mayhem. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's all you have to say. Crazy, just mayhem. Okay, yeah, we know a bunch of stuff just happened. There was like three trades, and and Shane Wright just went fourth. Like a lot of stuff <laughs> has happened. Like great observation, Pierre. So adjusting well. The... Go ahead. Uh, sorry. Um, so Dubas had said that the trade with Chicago moved forward after it became clear the player they wanted at 25 wouldn't be available. Okay. And he, he still feels that they're going to get someone who they had rated in the top 15 at 38. Oh. So that's probably Del Belbazoos. Del Belbazoos. Or Owen Beck, maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. Owen Beck as well. Like the, the other okay. thing, like they've they've got ten point two million in cap space now. Yeah, that's it's, with it's Hall still on the roster. That's with Muzzin <laughs> still on the roster. So even if you did give Campbell five, which is borderline too steep, that still leaves you with five to try to re-sign Labushkin, Sandine, and probably Engvall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I would like to see Engvall return. I think he really found a stride towards the uh, the last, I'm going to say, third of the season. Uh, it was frustrating watching him and Mikheyev just try so hard and not score, and then they finally just both clicked. And uh, clearly for Mikheyev, it means he's getting upwards of $6.5 million. Are you fucking kidding me? 20-plus goals. Who, he uh... who, is, who is paying this? I cannot wait for yep. someone to pay him for like six years, and then he just... Goes back to Stonehands, Micaiah. <laughs> All the borscht you could possibly imagine. Yeah, they're going to ask him. Ask him uh, everywhere he goes. So how's the soup here? Still not good. Uh, I can't wait for that hot and ready soup notification coming in. Jack Campbell signs 4.2 times 4. Where the fuck you want to give him? I don't know. But so, hey. Also, I he's think... still looking to rent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I have this gut feeling that the Leafs will not ship out Jake Muzzin just because he seems like one of their go-to guys and he has two more years left on his contract. Uh, Kyle Dubas seemed more interested in people who have one year left when looking in the future. So that might be Justin Hall. Um, 
at the end of the day, you want to make room for Sandine too, right? And Sandine, he can play both sides. So that's the easy part. But, you know, I have a soft spot for Labushkin because he was pretty effective beside that damn stick. He has to watch a stick. But hey, he was really effective. And I don't know. It's a chess chess match, right? And we're just waiting for new notifications <laughs> by the minute. But We'll see. And what about cash money, baby? Like, I think he's not coming back either, if you ask me. But No, and that's not his fault or anybody's. It's just the guy had an unfortunate season of injuries, and it's hard to uh, yeah. take another chance on that when you're so tight against the cap. I'd take Ingval over Kashe. Yeah, I think I would too. Kasha was, was really great. The, the problem is all these guys that were potentially losing – or have to at least work out a contract for is like the entire penalty kill. I know it's tough. And that is why I was so upset, you know, after the Leafs loss, because, you know, one bounce the other way, we'd be in the fucking final. Like it's, it was almost guaranteed, but it's just that after that loss and it had such a great roster, like I really enjoyed the Leafs roster during the playoffs. And now you have to do a whole bunch of moving around and compensating because of the salary cap. It's just so frustrating. Hey, yeah. Here. Uh, just before um, we move on from the this, I just want to. While well, I'm looking at the draft here, before I forget, my favorite name of the night, twenty third pick overall for the St. Louis Blues, Jimmy Snuggerud. I can't wait to hear that one on the uh, the play by play. There were so many fun names in this one. Jimmy I'm an Olgren. That made me laugh. <laughs> Good one, dirty. Yeah, and uh, Hex, Hextel got his lefty to his righty, apparently, with picking up uh, Owen Pickering there. Yep. Nickname and, lefty. Okay, uh, I I had this weird feeling. So when uh, Matthew Savoie, I think is his name, went Savoy. ninth overall. Savoy. Savoy, okay. Matthew Savoy. Ninth overall goes to Buffalo. And immediately I'm like, he looks like a Buffalo Sabre. Like, that's the first thought I yeah. had. It's like the black hair with, like, the flow, the thick eyebrows and everything. I'm like, you look like a Buffalo Sabre. Why do you look like a Buffalo Sabre? And then I pulled up a picture of Matt Molson. I'm like, oh, that's why. Because you look exactly like Matt Molson. <laughs> and Owen Power. And Owen Power, too. Oh, my mm. God, he does. See, Buffalo has a type. I see you, Buffalo. You have a type. You dirty. You dirty girl. <laughs> Uh, so goalies yeah. yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie if i see a notification that jack signs anywhere that's not toronto i will immediately have a, a panic of okay please make a move kyle please do mm-hmm. something i hate i feel like as a toronto fan it's always we're the last ones to get things done when it's the deadline or you know a deadline to sign people or a deadline to move people or it's the draft it's always we're always the last ones to have the pieces fall into place yeah. I don't know if that's just me, but it's I feel like it it's always a couple people get taken off the board and then it's like, okay, who's left? Is Gibson still left? Like like would we take a shot have we talked about that yet? We haven't talked about that yet. Because I just I just feel like there's a lack of that name. And I know I come in, you know, randomly in the middle of the show, so some things I need to catch up on, but I feel like we got this money now. Why not uh if we lose uh we lose Jack, why not Gibby? So Gibby is signed until 2627 at 6.4 million dollars a year. So I think that's why not Gibby. Yeah. Because at that point you might as well sign Jack. 
A lot of people are rooting for Gibby to pull through, but I think they would have to retain some salary to make it work or do something. But I do not think uh, John Gibson's the answer, even though he's two years younger than Jack. Honestly, I don't view Jack as a 30-year-old goalie. I, I kind of see him like as like a fourth or fifth-year goalie who finally just had his chance to be a, um, a 1A position, you know? So... I don't know. I just this whole age argument with Jack Campbell is completely irrelevant to me. So I think, okay, just to move this, we'll finish this off with the one that I would really like the Leafs to go after, uh, Vili Huso, who I think they can get for a crisp, probably like two point eight three five a year. That's my guess. One of those silly numbers for like three years. Yeah. Yes. No. If he if, if he wants to, that's the only thing, right? Like it's it, who knows what <laughs> he's some of these players. Twenty seven. He's not that young either, right? Like he's twenty seven no, and, and he's only made two million dollars over his career, only. But the the goalie market this year is kind of a crapshoot. Like you have Kemper, Campbell, like Hopey Jones and Grace. They're all a little past it. You have some other guys who never really amounted to much like Colin Dahlia, Phoenix Copley, even Riddick, Malcolm Subban, um, Kevin Lankinen out of Chicago. Like Huso is really the one I would probably want unless maybe can you pry Kakinen out of San Jose? Like he's, he's younger and he's not crazy proven, but he showed a lot of promise in Minnesota over the last couple of years. I really did like that tandem of Talbot and Kakinen. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. There's just so many out there, and Dubas is going to pick someone we haven't mentioned, so I think we yeah. call it on the goalie chat there. Uh, we're at our point? hour. Yeah, we're at our hour, so what do we close off with here? I just got to say one last thing about Huso and Jack Campbell because everyone seems so in on Huso, and, you know, props to him because he had an excellent year with uh, St. Louis. You know, played 40 games, uh, 125 of them. But, hey, he's only played 57 games in the NHL. Jack Campbell has played 135 games. Um, he's also, they're both coming off their first full seasons, kind of. I mean, Jack Campbell obviously had injury and uh, Husu was sharing with Binner there, but I don't know. People seem to trust Husu with way less experience and kind of shit on Jack Campbell because of his injury stint. But anyway, look, I think piece. I think it's just because in Toronto, there's a huge microscope on the goalie and there's also a massive amount of star power in front uh that kind of should be the main story and not the goaltender so when the goaltender's doing bad it gets amplified yeah. in st louis sure. you have no big name really i mean you've got like tarasenko but everything seems very spread out as far as the workload there there's no massive name there's it's kind of everyone contributes so i think when you have a team like that where there's no big star um, even on defense, like, look, if he can put up those kinds of numbers, especially when Bennington was having a rough year, I think that's what really stood out to people and why there's a bit of trust in him. Whereas, like I said, Jack was in, was behind a, uh, not the best defense at times, but what's supposed to be an elite team. So he needs to be uh, a different kind of goalie, I guess. 
What if? What if? And also, by the way, Roscoe, you, you, you said there's no big deal. What about Colton Pareko, man? That guy's got a beauty name. I feel like he's a pretty big name. But <laughs> yeah, true. If, but look, if, if uh, you're if you're naming like <laughs> top ten defensemen in the league, does Colton Pareko make your list? Ah, no. you pull a tricky on me. All right, but um, call me crazy, but what about uh, this um, this one guy that they have on their team that's kind of been slighted a little bit now because he's a nut job, uh, Bennington? Uh, any chance we could uh, fandangle some sort of crazy deal to get him? Like, I, you know, bring him Absolutely home? not. No way. I'd rather not. Just because it's a personal thing doesn't mean we can't do it. I know you guys are like, <laughs> I don't want Bennington. I don't care about what you want personally. I don't, you don't want him sleeping in your house. But if we could somehow mangle him here, like, I feel like, you know, it's still a bigger name than, or I don't know. Like, <laughs> I feel like Bennington actually wouldn't be that bad of a, bad of a goaltender here. It's just his, this is his city. Like he's, True. Yeah, he's from here, pretty much. I'd I'd rather Our take a zone. stab at trying to recuperate Martin Jones or Braden Hopi than get Bennington. Or Jonas Corposalo at that point. Yep. Yeah. Or even, I think that's uh, another option. Varlamov. Uh he I know he had a pretty poor year this year, but he's uh he was holding it down for the New York Islanders through their playoff runs. It's so scary to think about having a reclamation project while we're like, okay, here's the closing window that we have of this core. So <laughs> it's now or never for a cup, but also we don't know who's playing in net. Love it. Also, Steph, you have to remember that Varlamov was leading the league in PIMS, according to our last episode. So <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> That's what they refer to as a factoid, all right? Something that sounds true, but isn't, all right? <laughs> Uh, okay, right. so obviously this episode was just mostly, uh, well, all discussion because draft and trades and many things going on. But as I teased, season two, we're getting back into our games. So we'll have new iterations of things like uh, we'll bring the dartboard back in a, in a new way that works better. I think we tested it out and it was, a, it was a good trial run. But we need to refine the rules so it makes sense to everybody. Uh, and we'll get back to our other ones, uh, belief or disbelief and higher or lower and all that stuff that we started out with. So, Yay. yeah, fun things like we're trying to work on a gambling segment, too. I think Sully has something in the works. And I know how everybody loves it on the <laughs> on sports. Staff, two, but, maybe uh, <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, so, winnings. So I'm I don't know if I've really talked to Sully about how we're going to do this, but he's going to have a betting segment and um, we'll have picks for things that you can bet on during that week until our next episode. And we'll follow up with how those picks did. And then we'll also have like fun prop bets within the group of us between episodes. So things that we think will happen uh, next leaf game. Cause of course uh, if, unless you're new here, you know that we do this episode uh, normally after leaf games. So we'll be able to make picks for what's going to happen the next game and see who's right. Just fun stuff. So yeah. we're going to make episodes after preseason games. Like is anybody going to be watching? <laughs> Um, no, but we, you know what? We're actually going to try to go to the Sens Leaf game in Belleville because we're all kind of spread out along the 401 in Ottawa. So that would kind of be an easier place, I think, for all of us to meet. Yeah. Very nice. But... So we should try that. And if anybody else wants to go to the game, hit us up. Maybe. Other than that, we got artwork coming this week. Lots of stuff rolling out. So with that, we'll be able to sell our hoodies and t shirts. Thank you, Inside the Rink. Um, anything else? Some articles are going to be coming out. We're going to have the written side of all this posted on the Inside the Rink website, so be sure to check there. So there'll be articles elaborating on uh, some things that 
happen as they happen kind of quicker than we're able to record a podcast and then we'll have discussions about those things so tying everything together johnny did we have any uh, twitter questions or twitter uh ponderings or anything you want to mention from the the birds um no but the leafs did make a big front office hire that we should uh discuss absolutely sign off here so because i don't have the other two names in front of me uh beaner do you want to take this I don't know who the other two people were. Because <laughs> um, I know well, you I, probably do. I don't have it right in front of me. I actually just closed all my windows because I thought okay. we were... It's a, it's a group project. I'm up with it. I okay, Steph's got it. Oh, I missed you. So they announced the hiring of Dean Chenoweth as the assistant. Dean Chenoweth. Chenoweth? Yeah. Blip, 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 blip. Related to the great and... Kristen Chenoweth? I don't know. Good question. Uh, did they... Sorry, give me one sec. My uh, thingy is not working. But Haley Wickenheiser, of course. We can't forget about her. Doctor. Uh, Doctor. Doctor. Doctor promoted to the assistant of general... To, promoted to assistant... Assistant to the general manager. And, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the. and as well as... Uh, let's see. Randy Hardy and Daryl Metcalf. And they also hired Curtis Sanford as a goaltending coach. So I'm really curious to see how much that impacts, of course, our club and the goaltending. Because, you know, Darty, you said it has to be Briere. Like, come on, what's going on with our goaltending? So I'm really looking forward to that and seeing. And Briere just got picked up, too. Uh, Who did he yeah. get to Seattle. The cranky. Seattle yeah. hired Steve Briere. Yeah, Seattle got Their him now. now. Dun, dun, there's all dun. this all the speculation with us taking Vancouver's goaltending coach. Do we go after Mikey Di Pietro? Mm, they've got uh, they've got Thatcher Demko. They've got Spencer Martin. Is Di Pietro now expendable? He had a lot of promise coming up through the Canadian Juniors the last handful of years. Fair enough. Also, uh, by the way, Dean Chenoweth was uh, assistant coach of the Carolina Hurricanes under. Uh, Brenda Moore for the last couple of years. So nice resume there. Popular. Nice. Yeah, he's the uh actually the son of Ed Chenoweth, who was uh the longtime president of the WHL. Hey. Hmm. Awesome. Well episode. Oh, I got a tweet for you. Someone just uh I was just scrolling through and uh Joshua Cloak, who happens to have a uh a check mark by his name. I don't know how important he is though, because I am not always there with all the hip things. But uh, he did say, uh, at Joshua Cloak said, uh, Kyle Dubas said the trade with Chicago moved forward when it became clear they wanted uh, who they wanted at 25 wouldn't be available. So who do you think that they want at 25 that was not available? Was it our ogre? Ogre. I think it was McGrody. Rutger McGrody, who went to Winnipeg. Yep. Absolutely. That's a perfect choice there. <laughs> yeah, that's such a Winnipeg name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like highway. when you go through the names and like see who everybody picked, it's almost like the names match with the team. It's a you would pick that person. That just sounds like a name that would play for your team. For example, <laughs> Cutter Gautier is such a Philadelphia Flyer name. Cutter. Cutter. Um, Cows could. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Lakaramaki, or however you say that, is such a Vancouver Canucks name. Noah Ostland is the most Buffalo Sabres name ever. Joaquim yeah. Kemmel. Like, anything that starts with a J, I just think Nashville Predators. Like, they just... Everybody picked exactly who they should pick. And it's it's just funny how that all plays out. Anyway. Year and right 10 or well, powerhouse next year. Looking forward to that as well. See if they'll mm-hmm. play together, if at all, or even on the same power play unit, maybe. I just noticed two guys named Philip went back to back in the draft. Anyway, we're rambling. Thanks for listening to Leaf Late Night. This is Lately. our first episode of season two. Uh, Leafs Light Night, where it is never too late for the Leafs, presented by Inside the Rank. Thank you so much. We will be back. Uh, when are we going to be back, guys? You said 13th or 14th? Well, yep, 13th uh, is my birthday. birthday. That's when the uh, opens, though. Same Leaf channel. So, yeah, next next Thursday, I think, would probably be best. The day after opening day of free agency, let the dust settle a little bit, and we can talk about all the goings-on. Yeah, unless anything trade-wise with the Leafs happens in the meantime, uh, we would do one Sunday, but otherwise it's going to be pretty dead until uh, free agency opens. So we might just be off for uh, for that little bit of time. Um, until then, we'll be working on rolling out some new stuff. So stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at Leafs Late Night. And uh, hit us up we can if you want to join our Discord group because we have a really fun Discord where there's exclusive things that we don't talk about on the show, like opportunities for working and all those things anyway have a good night everybody don't be like love me. yeah i'm not on the discord and like look at me I, my house is in shambles i know see i'm not it taking those be. opportunities <laughs> <laughs>